Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Verse number 13. When you have it, say amen. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Subject today, faith to become an undocumented alien. God bless you. You can be seated. Faith to become an undocumented alien. If you have followed any of the news over the last few weeks, you know that it has been filled with the subject of immigration. Although our nation is one that was built on immigration and built by immigrants, we have become engaged in a national debate as to whether it is good or bad to continue immigration as we know it. People coming from other places to better their lives by becoming citizens. The president was elected primarily because he started a national discussion that the problems of our nation were caused by immigrants. Some of you remember when he announced his candidacy, he started by vowing to build a wall between the U.S. and Mexico and blaming all of the crime and the rape and the degradation of our country on Mexican immigrants. And that fueled his base, that got people excited because you know, one of the things that this administration has done for me is that it has plainly revealed the soul of America. Come on here, somebody. Despite all of our laws and despite all of our rhetoric and all of our we shall overcome, there is still deep-seated hatred and racism that exists in our culture. Come on, somebody. A and people don't see you. They don't see you. They see what you look like. 
They see your ethnicity. They see your racial background. And you're defined by that. And, and, and there's racism on both sides and on each side of the equation. There are a lot of us who have been the victims of racism that have returned it in kind. Come on, somebody. And it's just as bad to be a racist because you've been subjected to racism as to start racism. It's just as bad. But that's been our national discussion. And the most recent debate has centered around what are called DREAMers, or the DACA program. And these are young people, children, who came to this country because their parents came. They were children, they were toddlers, some of them were in diapers, and mom and dad decided to cross the border illegally, and so what could the children do but come? And so they've been educated in our schools, they have grown up in our society, and now they're adults, but they still, because they have a birth certificate from Guatemala or from Haiti or from Mexico or from some other part of the world, they still are not legal citizens of this country. Some of them serve in the military, but they're not legal citizens of our country. So many of them have gone to college, but they are not legal citizens. And we, because of this immigration push, there are literally literally adults who have lived here all their lives being sent back to their native country. Just this week, they arrested a doctor who his mother brought him from Poland some 30 years ago, escaped from the oppression of Poland, brought him here. He went to school, went to college, got a permanent citizenship card, but they're now debating whether or not to send this doctor back to Poland. There's nobody in Poland because everybody in Poland that he knew is gone. His mother is dead. There's nowhere else for him to go, and they're going to drop this man off in Warsaw because there's some glitch about his immigration. But, but, you know, the reality is now there are people hiding in the shadows, hiding um, in the background because they are afraid that if I come out and declare myself to be who I am, I'm going to be deported. You know, it's interesting that they're sending back men who have jobs and families because the folk that really want to hide, they'll never catch. Y'all ain't got to say amen, but it's the truth. Because if I want to hide, you ain't going to catch me. Hallelujah. But it's the folk going to work every day that they're finding, that they're finding, catching and sending back. And so this raises, um, in my mind, a discussion about the fact that there have always been undocumented aliens in the scripture. Come on, here, somebody. If, if you would read your Bible, you, you, you understand something very clearly that God always tended to call people from where they were to where he wanted them to be. Hallelujah. He's always called people out of situations, called them away the same way the attraction of American prosperity and education and life drew people out of several countries from around the world. God had this unique way of pulling folk out of places to places. And that's what the text deals with. It talks to us about Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham and Sarah were called out of their country, praise our God, not in the prime of their life, not in their 
their youth, but in their old age. Abraham was 75 years old when God spoke to him and said, Abram, get out of your country and go to a land that I will show you. Now, I bring that point up because some of you that are here think I've had too many birthdays for God to disrupt my life. But if God has a plan for your life, whether it's 16, 26, 46, 86, God's going to speak to where you are to bring you where he wants to be, wants you to be rather. And I need you to get the picture that at any moment, God might call me from what is comfortable to where he wants me to be. How many of us have been in comfortable places doing what we're used to doing, living like we want to live? And suddenly we hear the voice of God saying it's time to get up and it's time to move out. But, you know, we've gotten so comfortable in our routine and our paradigms and our lifestyle that God can't speak to us. But you might be hindering your own blessing if you can't hear the voice of God saying get up and get out. God's trying to take some of us somewhere. God's trying to move some of us somewhere. But we have to come to a place where we figure out God, wherever you're trying to take me, that is exactly where I want to go. Oh, come on and shout hallelujah. Somebody said one time, I want to be where God is, not where God was. And, and there's too many of us that get so comfortable in certain situations, certain conditions, that we just sit where God used to be as opposed to where God is taking us. And your faith must allow you to see spiritually what you cannot see naturally. Because when God called Abraham and Sarah, he didn't tell them where they were going. Come on, somebody. He didn't show them a map. He didn't have a GPS. He didn't have a timetable. He just simply said, get up and move. And it, it takes faith to move out of the familiar. Can I help somebody in here? One reason why we stay in sin is because it's familiar. Lord, help me preach in here. What, what, what you're doing now, you've been doing all your life. You just didn't learn how to fight folk. You were fighting folk in the sandbox when you were in daycare. Come on, hit somebody. Hallelujah. You didn't like what they did, and you were putting their face in the sand in the sandbox. Come on, hit somebody. So it's no wonder that at 40, you got a knife and a gun under your pillow because you've been fighting all of your life, and we do what is familiar. Oh, God, you didn't take your first drink last night. Come on, somebody. When you were six, you snuck into dad's beer. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Snuck in the liquor closet. So this ain't nothing new for you. You just doing what you've always done. That's why holiness can be a challenge because it's unfamiliar. If you're used to sleeping in the wrong bed, it's just a habit. Come on, somebody. It's not what I'm going to do. It's who I'm going to do it with. Oh, hallelujah. And so when you start living holy, holiness becomes unfamiliar. So now here I am trying to do something I'm not used to. Because if I could tell the truth, a lot of us aren't used to living right. Come on here, somebody. We used to acting like we living right. But living right is not always a habit for a lot of us. And so when suddenly we come to Jesus and Jesus expects us to live a certain way, suddenly that becomes unfamiliar territory. But you have to have the faith 
to see yourself going somewhere that you have never been before. And if I, I came to challenge somebody, for some of us, it's not a geographic move. It's an emotional move. Come on, somebody. We have always been depressed. We have always been down in the mouth. We have always been negative. And God is trying to move us to a place of being positive because I need to tell somebody something. I hope you get it and take it in love. But God is not going to bless negative people. Oh, hallelujah. As long as you have see yourself as being the bottom of the barrel, being insufficient, being unable to overcome, God can't bless you. But when you see yourself in the mindset that on this day anything good can happen to me. Anybody feel like that? On this day, God can turn something around. On this day, God can fix something in my life. I don't care how bad it's been. I've come to a point that I believe today can be the beginning of the next great season in my life. Anybody feel like that? I need somebody that's been going through. But you say, Lord, today you can start turning stuff around and just don't sit there. Get excited. Lift up your head and open your mouth up and tell the Lord thank you because something can change right now. Oh, God, come on, grab somebody by the hand and tell them, let me warn you. My situation can change right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God. What I've been dealing with, what I've been facing, what I've been confronting, I don't care how long I've been in it. Oh, God, just today, God is able. Oh, hallelujah. But it's a function of our faith. If you don't believe anything can happen, you've just prophesied your destiny. If you don't believe that your situation can change, you have just prophesied your destiny. But if there's a God in heaven who can do anything, if there's a God in heaven who can speak and stuff turns around, if there's a God in heaven who is able to change anything by the utterance of his word, then while I'm sitting here in this church this, today, by the time I walk out of here, I can walk out into the greatest miracle that has ever happened in my life. I need somebody with faith just to give God the glory because in the realm of the spirit, anything is possible. But your faith causes you to see spiritually what you can't see naturally. Scripture in 1 Corinthians, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things that God's prepared for those that love him. But the Spirit has revealed it even unto us. That's why you got some spooky folk in your life. Come on, somebody. Because when you look at them, you don't see anything happening for them. But every time they open their mouth, they talk about God is going to do something in my life. And you look at them and how broke they are and how messed up life is for them. But you can't see what the Holy Ghost told me. Oh, 
joke. All you can see is my right now. But the Spirit has given me insight into my Shelby. And if I can see my Shelby, I can start giving God the glory, not for what has happened, but for what is about to happen. I need somebody in this church that has a word in their spirit that God is going to turn some things around for them. Not just to sit there and accept what has happened, but to say, God, I know you're able. And what's in my spirit is surely going to come to pass. Anybody in this church see something in their spirit? Don't wait for your neighbor to co-sign. They can't see what you see. God put it in your spirit. And if God put it there, I need to embrace it and accept it and glorify him for it. Open your mouth. Shout hallelujah. I'm already out of time. I'm already out of time. Touch somebody. Say, it takes faith to be an undocumented alien. Oh, God. What are you saying, Pastor? Oh, God, let me share this, and then I'm almost done. He says in the text, round about verse 13, he says to them, they died in faith. Not receiving, not having received the promises, but seeing them afar off. Anybody see something in your spirit? Oh God, come on, grab a neighbor and say, if you can see what I see, you would help me praise the Lord right now. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm persuaded. Oh, God, that means I believe it anyhow. And it takes faith to believe when you've had a bad day. It takes faith to believe when doors have shut in your face. It takes faith to believe when you've had negative reports. But baby, if it's not challenged, it's not real faith. Faith is not snapping your fingers and getting your way. But faith is dropping your anchor and saying, if God said it, I believe it. That settles it. God told me he was going to work this out. God told me he was going to heal my body. God told me he was going to make a way. So why is my head down when victory is right around the corner? I need to open my mouth and lift my head and give God the glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. He said, they believed it, they were persuaded, and then they embraced it. You have to welcome your miracle. Oh, God, somebody lift your hands and tell your miracle welcome. Oh, God, y'all didn't get that. Oh, hallelujah. It's sitting right beside you. Won't you lift your hands and say welcome? You can come in my house. You can come in my body. You can come among my children. You can get in my money. If God, if you're sending a miracle, I'm putting the welcome mats right out in front. So when it gets here, it knows it's welcome in my house. Shout hallelujah. Then you have to confess it. And confessing is you saying what God has said. And it's challenging to speak what God has said. 
when natural realities are staring you in the face. But remember what the word says. We walk by faith and not by sight. You didn't get here because a man spoke you here. You didn't get here because a man put you here. You're here by the providence of God. And if God says, I'm blessed, it doesn't really matter what other folks say. Because people are quick to try to make their words your reality. I need to say it one more time. People are quick to make their words your reality. Oh, God, but I am what I am by the grace of God. Is there anybody here that knows that man didn't put you here? Man didn't bless you. Man didn't keep you. Man didn't pay your bills. But it was nobody but Jesus. And if God did it then, he is able able to do it right now but what has happened to the church is we have allowed what we see to come out of our mouths and God never said speak what you see God said speak what I said if I say you're blessed then say you're blessed if I say you're healed then say you're healed if I say you're delivered say you're delivered if I say you're kept say you're kept if I say you're sane, say you're sane. Come on, grab somebody by the hand and tell them I'm blessed because God says I am. Oh, hallelujah. You ain't got to agree with it. You ain't got to sign off on it. If God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Shout hallelujah. Oh, God, let me finish. Let me finish. These patriarchs had no country. They lived like nomads. They were nomadic in their lifestyle. They never had a house. All they had was a tent. Come on, somebody. It might have been a big tent, but it was designed that when God said make the next move, they would roll the tent up, pack up the camels, and move out. Because everywhere they went was not their destiny. It was a stopping point. Oh, Hallelujah. It was a refueling point, but it wasn't their destiny. Can I prophesy to somebody where you are right now is just your stopping point. It's not your destiny. Oh, hallelujah. Stop feeling like I'm in this and I'm never getting out. The devil is a liar. I just need a word that says move out and I'm packing up and I'm on my way to my next place. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand and say where I am is not my destiny. I'm just waiting on the word to move out. Shout hallelujah. I'm just waiting. Hey God. Just waiting, just waiting. Broke ain't my destiny. Unemployed ain't my destiny. It's just where I'm living today. But when God says move, I'm stepping out to the next place. Weak is not my destiny. Been over is not my destiny. I'm just waiting because they that wait on the Lord 
shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like an eagle. They'll run, not be weary. They'll walk, not faint. Shout hallelujah. But when you're a nomad, I can't make friends with everybody. Come on, somebody. I can't get too attached to folk that aren't on my route. Because I'm a nomad. Come on, somebody. So I, I, I don't have a lot of friends. I got acquaintances. Because I'm a nomad. Going to be a day when I got to pack up and move. The patriarchs had the faith to declare themselves to be strangers. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody and say, if you don't love Jesus, the best you can be to me is a stranger. Some of us trying to make friends with folk that weren't meant to be our friends in the first place. Lord, help me preach. If they don't share your life, how can they be your friend? Come on, somebody. See, Abraham was a nomad. Lot first lived outside of Sodom and then moved into Sodom because he wanted a permanent structure. But that wasn't destiny. That's why Abraham had to tell Lot, you go east and I'll go west. Because where you going don't fit my destiny. Some of y'all have attached yourselves to people, and that's why you can't move, because they got you trapped. But you got to shake some folk loose from your life so you can usher up, so you can go where God. See, undocumented aliens don't make a lot of friends because they're afraid that somebody will find out they're undocumented. Come on, somebody. So you say, can I come to your house? No, you can't come to my house. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you work for ICE or not. Come on, somebody. You might work for the wrong folk, and I might get captured. Come on, somebody. So you live a life of isolation. Can I help somebody in here? Truly great people sometimes have periods of isolation. Oh, God. And it's because God won't let you put down roots until you arrive at your destination. Oh, God. Let me wrap up. My time is up. Your faith must declare that I'm an undocumented alien. I'm not from here. Come on, touch somebody. Tell them I'm not from around here. Oh, hallelujah. You might think you know me, but I'm not from around here. I'm a pilgrim, and I'm a stranger, and I'm just passing through. So I get it that everybody doesn't like me because I'm just passing through. This world is not my home. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, the president got real upset because folk took a knee during the national anthem. But an alien doesn't have allegiance oh God with this country my allegiance
allegiance is with another country. I'm a good citizen. I pay my taxes. I vote in every election. But my allegiance is to the God that saved me. My allegiance is to the God that delivered me. I'm glad I'm an American. But when I get on a knee, it's because I pray and I worship. I don't worship the flag. I don't worship the president. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Are there any loyal citizens of the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Where are the loyal citizens of the kingdom of Jesus? We don't put our hand on our hearts. We put our hands up and lift our hands without wrath, without Oh God, shout hallelujah. Come on, grab somebody by the hand and tell them pledge allegiance to your real country. Come on, pledge allegiance to your real home. This world is not your home. Pledge allegiance to your real home. Last point, undocumented aliens are facing deportation. In fact, I'm looking forward to deportation. Some of y'all ain't, ain't caught that yet, y'all ain't caught that yet. Touch somebody say, I'm looking forward to deportation. What you mean, preacher? The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Caught up. Oh, shout hallelujah. Come on, stand with me. My time is up. Come on. Put your arm around somebody. Tell them I'm an alien that's hoping to be deported. Come and get me. Come and get me. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I hear the angels at heaven's door beckoning me, and I can't feel at home in this world. We sincerely hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, 
Burlington NC 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552 Burlington NC 27215. Or email us info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you and until next time, shalom, shalom. <laughs>